Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, October 22nd edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we have got quite a bit of college football stuff to discuss we actually got news this week, Chris. We got stuff to talk about outside of the games, uh, which I guess is helpful because, you know, while there are some very interesting games this week, uh, the more interesting stuff is going on, you know, outside of the outside of the field. It, it's really, really strange. I start us off every Friday, or at least have recently, with where is college game day going for week number nine? And this, wherever they go, I don't think it's going to be a bad spot this time. Like I don't, I don't think we're going to be complaining about going to Athens for the second time in three weeks. So let me give you the the options here, and I'm going to see where you think they would most likely go. All right, uh, first one, Michigan at Michigan State. Now they have not been to East Lansing in forever. This would require Michigan to beat Northwestern this weekend, uh, but it looks to be a battle of undefeated teams. That seems like the most likely. That that, that seemed like it to you. Yes, that is, that, is, that is the only choice I've got right now. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, it may not be like the most viewership of the day, but I think that that one's going to be the Fox noon kick. Um, well, that's the problem is do you think we're going to get it because they've yet to go to a game that wasn't on their network? Well, no, they did go to, uh, what was it, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, which was a Fox noon kick. Um, so there's there's spots in East Lansing for them to do the big noon kick or whatever it is for Fox and ESPN's game day. Um, I'm not worried about that. ESPN's just gone to some bullshit games and bullshit places because they're trying to avoid going to Fox places. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing that might scare and me. That's been pretty clear, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like that is the logical choice is to go there. Um, but let's, let's take a look at some of these other ones. Uh, these are all games that ESPN actually has the rights to. Ole Miss at Auburn is going to be the 6 p.m. ESPN game. Uh, that's two ranked teams. If both of them win this weekend, it should be, uh, well, I don't even think Auburn plays this weekend, but Auburn, you know, top 20 team. They hadn't been to the Plains in a while. You know, this could be an interesting one for them to actually highlight Lane Kiffin and the job that Brian Harson is doing on the Plains. So possibly that one. Uh, I've got two other ones. 
SMU at Houston. If SMU can stay undefeated, uh, which we're recording this before SMU plays against Tulane, but I would imagine they'll get that done. And Houston, uh, I don't even remember who they play this week, uh, but it is, it's not something that's even worth monitoring at this point. Uh, both of those teams playing insanely well. Both will likely be in the top 25, possibly next week. Houston was just on the outside looking in. So you could have a top 25 matchup in the AAC, but I doubt that they do that one just because of the other big-time matchups. The ABC game next week is Penn State at Ohio State. Now, can you... Yes, you can justify going to Columbus because they love going to Columbus, but is there a way to sell that over Michigan-Michigan State as being a bigger game because it is two higher-ranked teams? Yeah, I mean, that, that wouldn't surprise me if they choose that just because they don't care that they've already been to Columbus. And and both those teams are bigger, I think, more fan bases right now. And, uh, and, and would you know, they're going to get a bigger number that way. But I don't think that's the right decision. I don't think so either. I, my Where I would go would be East Lansing, regardless of whether it's a noon game or not. Um, but I, I could totally see them going, you know, I, I, I could see them moving this over to uh, Columbus. So, so that'll be uh, – that's my guess is it will be in Columbus because it is the ABC game. Uh, and that way, you know, Kirk can just stay right there and it's no big deal. But that at the moment, you've got Michigan and Michigan State, which is number six against number nine. And Ohio State is number five against Penn State number seven. So you can sell it as higher-ranked teams and whatnot. And, you know, we, we understand how networks work. That is the way that it goes. Next topic on the board before I give us the rundown here, and I didn't tell you we were going to talk about this, but it is interesting to me, and I want to bring up something about it. You and I, we we talked a little bit on Twitter about this. Jeremy Pruitt and his attorneys have threatened. Uh, basically, they, they have a deadline for a settlement. Otherwise, they are going to court, and they are they are bringing a lawsuit against the University of Tennessee. Very interesting stuff coming out. And the guy that he hired, Michael Lyons out of Dallas, uh, you you know my appreciation for Tom Mars. And this guy is even more of a shark than Tom Mars. This guy would eat Tom Mars for lunch. I love Tom Mars. But this guy is vicious. He is ruthless. And I could not believe uh, that this is who he ended up hiring. And it makes perfect sense. I mean, it He's a Sexton guy, you know, Sexton, uh, normally a Tennessee guy, but when it comes to his clients, like he is, he's working to get their money and I understand where they're coming from. This is so strange because you see two different things in the same conference going on right now, right? LSU fired at Orgeron and kept him on staff for the next four years, all the way through 2025. Because there is other stuff going on at the at the uh, Louisiana State University than just what happened on the football field. He was fired because he was losing games, but there's all this other stuff that's going on. There's all the Title IX stuff. There's the FBI investigation. There's all you know everything else. Da, 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 da. As long as Ed Orgeron is hired or employed by the university, he is under the same uh, representation as the university, so they can keep all their ducks in a row, et cetera, et cetera. Right. This situation 
Like, they just completely cut ties with Pruitt, and Pruitt can say anything that he wants to. The discovery process for a lawsuit like this, this is why typically universities just pay a settlement as opposed to cutting ties and letting this guy just say whatever he wants to say, right? You don't want all the dirty laundry coming out there, and we know that every school in the SEC has it. In in this situation, talk about what you said to me on Twitter because I think it is insanely relevant in this in this spot. Oh, I mean, I, you equate this to a divorce, and uh, and so it's just one of those situations where you would rather pay the attorney whatever it costs and burn the fucking house down. Like you don't care that that you're going to lose the house. You don't care what it costs. You just don't want that bitch to get the house. That's it. Yeah, and and I think that a lot of that is going on here at Tennessee. I think they would be perfectly fine with that, like the new AD, the uh, chancellor, like everybody. Right? I, I think everybody would be fine with. You know what? Let's just get all of this crap out there. Get rid of all of the baggage, all the bad stuff. Who gives a rip? And we ain't paying this guy, and we are going to move forward with Heupel and with Danny White and with Rick Barnes. And if, if Rick Barnes is a casualty in the process, okay, we'll just go hire a new basketball coach, right? Because there's there's all kinds of stuff that, that Pruitt's attorney was putting out about Barnes and it, a bunch of rumors, whatever. But if you get all that stuff out in the open, you have nothing to hide anymore. So who cares? And and I kind of I kind of like it. I like the idea behind it. It's it's definitely different than what we're used to. We are used to uh, a veil of secrecy. And this would just open it all up. And Tennessee could basically be saying in this spot exactly what you're talking about. Uh, screw it. Uh, bring it all out. We don't care, but you ain't getting a dime. And I, I kind of like that. Kind of like it. So do you have any other thoughts on it? No. Mm-mm. Nope, not a thing. Huh? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know what else to say. That they're going to they're gonna fight him. Yeah. They're going to fight him. If he broke his contract, the most he can do is make Tennessee look bad. He can unveil a bunch of dirty, you know, skeletons in the closet. But at the end of the day, by doing all of those things, if if he is in breach of his contract for fired for calls, then he's still not going to get his money. Yeah. Uh, there's there's nothing that you can do there. So, it's uh it's interesting. Very very interesting to say the least. The next topic on the board, well, before we get to that, let's go ahead and do the rundown. Go to winningcureseverything.com. That would certainly be a help to us. It tells you exactly what you need to know about us, where to subscribe, where to follow on social media, etc., the podcast, the videos, all that good stuff. So go ahead and check that out over at winningcureseverything.com. If you have not already, please subscribe to the YouTube page. Please subscribe to the podcast, and leave a nice five-star review over on Apple Podcast. Uh, like this video. That's a big thing. It's hit the thumbs up button. That helps us out a bunch. And jump into the chat. We uh, obviously always see everybody in the chat. We try and get through these shows so we don't have as much time to speak to everybody. But on Sundays, we do our college football reaction show, and and we answer questions, and we take comments, and all that good stuff. We will uh, we will give shout-outs on the Sunday shows. Um, next topic. Oh, 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 no, no, no. I forgot. The show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. They are America's premier top sportsbook. 
So go ahead and check them out over at BetUS.com. Use the promo code NCAAF2021. You get a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500, and it is sportsbook exclusive. There's a link in the description. I, I tell you every week, it is the best deal out there. You're not going to find anything better than that. Go and sign up at BetUS, where the game begins. Now, um, Chris hosts an SBR show, uh, the college football show. Chris, is that back on for Saturday? Yes, sir. I'll be okay. live Saturday okay. morning, good, 9 good, a.m. Good. Central. <laughs> so check out the best or the uh, the SBR college football show. There's a link in the description for that. And the BetUS college football show we do on Wednesdays and Thursdays. You can click the link below to sign up uh, or to subscribe for that one as well. Now, next topic on the board. This is a pretty big one. I wanted to hit it the other day. Uh, obviously, Nick Rolovich is, you know, he, they're, they're going to have a legal battle. There will be lawyers, as they say. And Rolo is suing Washington State, but we did not get to some of the candidates. Now, we're, gonna, we're not going to spend long on this, but there's a whole slew of candidates involved here. My question to you, Chris, do you think that there are potential candidates that look at this situation as, oh, like Washington State is willing to fire a football coach rather than stand up for their guy, this might be a place that I don't want to get involved. Does that kind of cut down the candidate pool? What now? Repeat. How, what, how did you so, word that? So, so my question here, it, it does, does Washington State's handling of Nick Rolovich and the way that that whole situation went down, as opposed to trying to find a way to give him a religious exemption or whatever, does that cut down the candidate pool for the Cougars head coaching position? Uh, I would say, yeah, but honestly, I don't think so. I, I think anybody who's a D5 coach at a smaller – now, they're not going to pull a big D5, okay? Like, you know, you're not going to go get a coach that's making, you know, $1.8 to $2 million to come work for your three, you know? Yeah. And, and and move into Pullman. So you're going to have to change somebody's life. Like, basically, when Rolovich took that job, you know, it doubled his salary. That was a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, I, so, so you know, but any of these G5 coaches making, you know, a million bucks, 800000 something like that, they would all come for the three. So they, they just figure out a way to get around all that and justify it to themselves because it's life-changing money. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I think everybody that's on this list, it might make sense. Um, I'll go on and, and I'll go on and read off some of these right quick. Uh, Jay Norvell at Nevada, I think is gettable for them. I, I think he has stated yeah. he wants to be at a G five or a P five school. He wants to prove his you know his come up and he wants to show that he can be a coach uh, in a league like that. And I think that would be a good grab for him. Uh, Kalen, I agree. Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State is another one. Uh, I think he'd be an insanely great hire. Um, See, here's the problem. If I'm Kalen, I don't know that I leave Fresno for, for Pullman. I don't know that I do either. I, I think See, Kalen I is going to get bigger the same ones. thing about Brady, Brady Hope, which I think they want to go with an offensive guy anyway. It doesn't matter. But, like, I wouldn't leave San Diego State for him. I think the no. Mountain West right now is, is not a whole lot different than the Pac-12, and you're at the – probably the – the school that spends the least amount of money on football other than maybe Arizona in the Pac-12. Yeah, the least uh, the least amount of resources, et cetera. Uh, Caitlin, I think, can get a, a bigger job. Uh, Troy Calhoun from Air Force was brought up. I don't know that they can get that done. Like, I, I don't know why 
I don't know why Troy would leave what he's doing at Air Force for that job. Um, I, but maybe I'm different. I mean, you got a you got a different feel on that one. No, no. I mean, but like I said, these are all Mountain West guys. Jeez, I I know you and I are the minority here. Okay, I hate the concept of the quote unquote Power Five because I think some of these G five conferences are better than Power Five conferences. And this year, it's proving out that man that a lot of these schools in the Mountain West are better than the Pac twelve. They just are. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong about that. Uh, Jim McElwain was brought up. Would he want to get back into the uh, the P5 waters? If he wants to go to the P5 world, that, I could see that. I could see a coach that went P5 at a big, big school and did not do well at all. I, I could see him trying to go back up a place where there's not a lot of standards of winning. The pressures aren't going to be on him so bad. And uh, I, I could absolutely see that. Uh, another name was Alex Grinch, the Oklahoma defensive coordinator. He was, of course, Mike Leach's defensive coordinator at Washington State that actually got that thing turned around. His scheme actually helped them get to 11 wins. Uh, I, I That could be possible, but would he want to go backwards? Because I think if you are at Oklahoma and you actually get that defense rolling, you have much bigger opportunities ahead of you as opposed to Pullman, because Pullman is on the the back end of the B five. If we are being completely honest with ourselves, right? Yeah. Uh, Joe Moorhead, another one, offensive coordinator at Oregon, of course. Uh, maybe same situation that you were talking about with Jim McElwain. Um, yep. You know, didn't didn't pan out well at Mississippi State, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't be successful at a place at you know Washington State, right? Um, That's right. Let's see more. Uh, let's see another. Another Mountain West guy, Brent Brennan um, at San Jose State. They are not exactly having a great go of it this season. Nick Starkle's been out. They've been dealing with injuries all over the board. Uh, This could be one of those where San Jose State does not exactly pay their football coaches a ton of money. And he was, you know, the second guy up for the Arizona job. So if he were to get this job offer, I think he'd jump at it in a heartbeat. You feel the same? Let's see. <laughs> Did we lose you? You still here? Hey, you break up on me. Uh, there we go. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's keep on. Uh, Brent Brennan would jump at the opportunity. Um, Jeff Grimes was brought up. Offensive coordinator at Baylor. Was at BYU. Um, maybe. I don't know that his style necessarily fits what they want to do in Pullman. But maybe I'm wrong on that. You got a feel on Jeff Grimes? Uh, no, but I have a feeling on... This is why it's really hard for defensive coaches to get head coaching jobs. This is this is evidence A through 25, all right, of why you don't want to hire a defense. I would not want to hire – I don't care how great they are. And I know that means I wouldn't hire the next Nick Saban or Bill Belichick. The game is just different, and you're asking me that every time me as a head coach get the team rolling offensively at all, my play caller is going to get hired away. Yeah. That's just going to happen. This guy's been here for one year. He's been an OC at Baylor, and now he's about to get hired away as a head coach. If you don't hire your head coach to be your play caller, this is your life, a revolving door or mediocrity. If you go 6-6, six and six, nobody's going to want your head coach. You win 10 games, no one's going to want your play caller. You win 10 games, everybody's coming for your most valuable person. Yes, yes, you're 100% right. And there's not a damn thing you can do to stop it. 
Uh, a next name on this list is actually very similar to that. Graham Harrell, offensive coordinator at USC. Uh, you know, I could see it. You know, he was at North Texas with uh, Seth Luttrell when they were actually doing well, you know, back several years ago. As soon as he left North Texas, they were not able to do nearly the same thing. But that would be somebody, if you're wanting to get back into the Mike Leach tree, uh, Graham Harrell would absolutely fit that. You know, he played at Texas Tech for him. And that could, you know, at the air raid, that kind of mess, that could work in Pullman. Graham Harrell could absolutely work. Um, another name that was brought up, I, I'm curious your thoughts, Jeff Banks, who is the special teams and tight ends coach at Texas. He is the recruiting coordinator there. He was the recruiting uh, recruiting coordinator at Alabama. But if you are so used to recruiting at Alabama and Texas, why? would you go to Pullman where you know you're not going to be able to get the dudes that you're used to getting, right? I mean, but this is – but nobody thinks that, right? Every one of these guys thinks that they can recruit anywhere. They think that they can be great no matter what. That No one no one looks at themselves in the mirror, honestly, and says, I'm only good because I'm I, – I, I can sell a million tests. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but I can't sell this Pinto over here. Well, well, shit, I'm hiring you to sell Pinto. They don't look at themselves and say, oh, well, I wouldn't be good at that. They think, oh, I could sell anything. It's a, The thing that surprised me about this with Banks, like he hadn't been a coordinator at, at really any level other than, you know, special teams coordinator. Um, he has not been, a, uh, obviously hadn't been a head coach. I, The boosters and whatnot, the, the board of trustees and all that involved at Washington State are the ones reportedly that are interested in him. I I mean, maybe it makes sense if you're trying to guy. Maybe you're looking for a no, culture the, the, guy. The idea that he doesn't he doesn't do anything to special teams. Urban Meyer was a special teams guy. Harbaugh was a special teams guy. Like these guys, that 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 doesn't concern me at all. Special teams is a major part of the game, and they work with all of the players on the team, which is why they are always the ones that are promoted usually to interim head coaches uh, because they're used to it. Uh, but they they understand running of practices and, and putting together a game plan just as much as everybody else, maybe more so than the other guys, just because they, the offensive guy just knows the offense because they never work with the other side. They don't do anything else. And the special team guy actually has to work around everybody else's plans and schedules. So they, I think they see big picture better. But like I said, I, you do what you want at the university. If I ever become an AD, I would never hire anything other than an offensive guy, and I would make sure that offensive guy is the play caller. And I would make him understand you're you're the reason I hired you. If you ever stop calling plays, your other guy's going to get your job if he's good because somebody's going to hire him away. Yeah, just like at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin is is great. Uh, eventually, somebody's going to come for Jeff Levy. Like, it, it's going to happen. And, and we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting what goes on at Washington State. I doubt they make any kind of a hire at all until – you know, well after the season is done because they still got to figure out some stuff. There are people that, for whatever reason, believe that Rolovich still has a chance to take back over that job. And I would be floored beyond belief if that were to happen, especially with the lawsuit coming. I just, I do no, not... Well, believe. hang on now. But his lawsuit is with the state more than... Well, his lawsuit's with the school for his money, okay? But his problem is with the state. Let Let's say, for instance, this lawsuit is going to, you know, take a year, all right? Like, it's not going to happen tomorrow. 
We know that. I mean, how long ago was Fruit fired? And it, it, we're just now getting to a point where I'm, I'm probably going to sue. You know? So this thing's going to take a while. So let's say the governor is no longer the governor next time. I don't know when they're up for re-election. I don't know when they came in. Or let's just say the, the, you know, the situation with COVID is no longer an emergency situation and, and the mandates legally are, are, are no longer constitutional and you can't do them, right? Let's say that happened. If he hasn't burnt any, any bridges with the athletic department or with the, uh, with the boosters there, then why can't he just come back? I, I mean, you've got a point, but there was part of the lawsuit was was calling the AD uh, vindictive and also, I mean, it was just kind of harsh language in the uh, in yeah. The but who's, statement. who's more valuable to that school, Rolovich or the AD? I, I mean, you do have a valid point there. Uh, I just I, there I find are very it, few. There are very few universities where the athletic department is more powerful than the head football coach. Yeah, very few. Uh, you you are not wrong there. You are not wrong. Uh, very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. All right. Uh, next one. Oh, here's here's another topic we got to hit right quick. Uh, so the Sun Belt appears to be expanding after, you know, all the mess that went on with the AAC, which, by the way, on Thursday it was officially announced the AAC is welcoming in those six schools from Conference USA. And now the next move is the Sun Belt looks like they are going to extend an invitation to Southern Miss, and Marshall appears to be following them. Uh, multiple reports stating this, that that'll be the next thing on the board, and it, it'll probably happen next week, week after, sometime around there. Um, the next big puzzle piece appears to not be an FBS team, but James Madison. So JMU, an FCS school, looking to come up to the FBS. Uh, it looks like the Sun Belt might be involved in that, or the remaining Conference USA teams, which if some if the Sun Belt takes Southern Miss and Marshall, that would bump them up to twelve, and that would leave uh, let's see, da, 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 that would leave actually six Conference USA teams. Conference USA would be looking to bump up to ten schools at that point, and James Madison would be one of them that they are looking at bringing in. Uh, this is all of these puzzle pieces are so interesting to me. I don't know how this stuff is going to actually fly, but I have figured out that these ESPN deals, all of these contracts, all these uh, G5 contracts are going to be back up for renegotiation. And when that happens, ESPN is going to grab basically every G5 conference, and they are going to toss them on ESPN+. And that is going to be basically the only way that you can get them. So basically, anybody that is a fan of a G5 school is going to have to pay the $5.99 or $6.99 or whatever it is to ESPN for ESPN Plus in order to watch their teams. And that is not shocking to me, but as far as business goes, maybe a really, really good idea. You kind of feel the same? Well, yeah, it doesn't bother me because here's the thing. what Here's the trade-off that you're going to get. If your team is exciting, and your team is good, and they're having a special season, you're not going to have to pay that. You're going to get prime-time football on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays. Yes. Yes. And so that's what's going to happen. And if you told me that you're, you know, MTSU, and and everybody has to stream all your games, but the one year that you're special, you get three prime-time ESPN games, on a weeknight where you have television basically to yourself, 
it, that would be you would you can't buy that kind of uh, uh, publicity. Yeah. You just can't. That's the best deal in town. Also, Pete Thamel reporting out that you we kept talking about the American uh, uh, TV deal is going to get cut in half basically with losing those teams. Uh, reportedly, no, it's not changing at all. ESPN is going to stand by what they've got, and they they think that that they're just as valuable, and they they want the product. Yeah, no, I did that. I did see that. So, Very so surprising. if that's the case, now now these teams going to the American are absolutely getting a huge payday because they're going from like three million dollar a year TV deals to like seven. Well, that's a big deal. Uh, so so here's here's the difference. The ones that are just now being brought in from Conference USA are only going to get half the money. Uh, oh, that's right. They're not going to get all of it. But yeah. it's still a big number compared to what they are getting. Yes, yes, because they're only making about five hundred grand off of their media rights deal currently. Yeah. Uh, those six schools will be making half of what one school in the AAC is making right now. So yeah, $7 million okay, a year. So, so right so, now the AAC is getting seven. So they're going to get three and a half. That's how I got that number. Yeah. They're going to get three and a half instead of 500K. That's a huge deal. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, so it's it's definitely a step up for them. Um, you know, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, ah, this, it kind of, it does water down the AAC product a little bit, but there is potential there for some of those teams to grow and for some really, really exciting matchups. I mean, we already had one. Uh, UTSA at Memphis was a hell of a ball game. So it, more matchups like that I am excited about. We get Memphis UAB again. Uh, SMU and Rice should be, you know, somewhat entertaining just because of the uh, the, the Texas ties and all that. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. I, I, think, uh, I think we're moving in the right direction. You know, again, if I were the boss, if I handled all of it, college football czar, I would take all of these G5 schools, put them all together, and work out my TV contract that way so that I could, you know, schedule the way that I want to across the board, make more regional rivalries, all that good stuff. But if we're going to do it this way, uh, cheers to it. I'm, I'm good with that. So, but like I said, Gary, we talked about this. That, that, that sounds good for easy sake and all this other bullshit. But if you're Memphis or, or you're, you're Tulsa, you're, you're these other schools that have been in the American, you know that you're better than these other teams, you know that you're worth a lot more than these other teams, why would you agree to that? I'd agreed. I, I mean, I'm with you 100%. When, just, when you put everybody in a big pot like that, all you do is placate to the median, which means you're overpaying the bullshit teams that don't deserve anything, all right? And you're grossly underpaying those who are outperforming, um, you know, what you should be giving them. And, and so that's why you just can't do that. you you got to have separation because then you're rewarding conferences, you're rewarding certain teams that are putting the money into the program and getting results. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do not disagree with you at all. Uh, the separation is necessary in, in a lot of these cases. Everybody has a worth, and the ones that rise up eventually get picked off by bigger conferences, and the ones that don't obviously get relegated down. And and while that does stink for those schools, uh, it it's you, you reap what you sow. So... Uh, let's dive into our, our preview before we dive into the uh, the pick'em for the week. And I, it, the first question, every week I ask Chris four questions leading into the college football weekend. This week is no different. We will start off with the best games of the week. And I would say, man, I, I, I will tell you this, I am the most excited about Clemson at Pitt. I want to see yep. if Pitt can do it against a good team. I think that's... 
to me, that is the best game of the weekend. I've got other options, but that that's the one that I'm going to be focused on. How about you? I completely agree. I completely agree with that. I'm kind of shocked that game day didn't choose to go here. Now, I know that Clemson is not a great tool right now, but how on earth is anybody excited to watch Oregon football? Okay? You got me. And, and when was the last time game day ever went to Pitt? Uh, it has been probably 2010 when they were fighting for, like, the Big East title, maybe. Like, maybe so that was it. That, that's, that's, that's my argument is, you know, you got a chance to, to, to go to one of the big boys. I know they're not good right now, but they still have one of the biggest fan bases in the country. And, you know, anyway, but I think that's going to be an outstanding game. I think it has potential to be a really good football game. Uh, I guess maybe maybe we can bring up, you know, Oregon-UCLA. That's one of the ones that I had written down because I don't – like, I do think that – they, I mean, they, they hadn't been to Los Angeles in a long time either, right? UCLA has not been relevant in a very, very long time. So I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I guess you just had to try and figure out which one am I going to get to uh, quicker. Like, if Pitt does win this game, you will probably be at Pitt at some point this season, I think. But this may be your only shot to get out to uh, UCLA. And... You know, if that's the case. Yeah, but who cares if you don't go to UCLA all year? Why would that matter? They haven't been impressive in three weeks either. No, they really haven't. Like, they've got one impressive win on the whole season against yeah, LSU, they, and that team's terrible. And they got two losses. So, they so got why, stomped so by Arizona State. why does it matter State? if like, you don't go to UCLA? Yeah, it really doesn't. Um, I, part of me wonders if they would rather just be in Los Angeles as opposed to Pittsburgh in you know the middle I'm of October. Sure, Gary. <laughs> I'm certain if you listen, I would rather vacation in Los Angeles too over the weekend than be in Pittsburgh. They uh they have not been at a UCLA game at home since da da 1998. That was okay. the last time they Is were. Is there in a reason they should have gone to a UCLA game in those 28 years or 25 years or? What, 22 years? 23 years? Yeah. I'll, um, I'll get there. Let's see. The last time they went to Pitt was 2005. Uh, Notre Dame played at Pitt on September 3rd, opening weekend. Uh, Notre Dame won that one. So, yeah, 2005. Yeah, this this was – so it's been longer since they've been to UCLA, but, I mean, good gracious. Like, what, what are we doing? I don't, But I don't ever care about that. Like, yeah. Like, once it's been 10 years since you've done something, it doesn't matter if it's been 10 years, 20 years, or 50 years. Like, it, like all right, we should get there at some point in time, but we we go to Georgia three times a year. So, who gives a fuck? Uh, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. You are not wrong about that. Uh, the, Oklahoma State and Iowa State, I think, is going to be very oh, interesting. I, I want to go back uh, to that. Go ahead. Do you think the UCLA – this is exciting game, not good game, not close game, exciting game. You think that game's going to be exciting? Because I do not. I think it could get very, very boring. I, I will tell you this. I do think that... I think it'll be close. I think it'll be close. But I don't think that equals exciting. I, I tend to agree. I tend to, I think Pitt okay. and Clemson could be exciting. Uh, I, I didn't don't think, think about them at all for this list. Yeah. At all. Yeah, this is, uh, this, is, this is definitely interesting. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, I think can be exciting. Uh, because both quarterbacks yeah. make a ton of mistakes. Right, yeah. and Oklahoma State has proven they can overcome the mistakes. I said on the Bet US show, uh, the winner of this game will be the one that can actually overcome 
the mistakes made by their quarterback because both of them will make mistakes. And Iowa State has not proven to me that they are capable of actually overcoming those mistakes. Oklahoma State does it week in and week out. I mean, Spencer Sanders threw three interceptions against uh, Texas and and found a way to... Wait, was it Texas or the week before that? No, it was Baylor. It was Baylor. And they beat Baylor by 10 points. Like, yeah, you know, the, the turnovers for Oklahoma State do not matter because Jim Knowles' defense is absolutely legit. Now, if you look at advanced metrics, yeah, it's impressive somewhat, but but it's not as impressive as when you actually watch them on the field. And and that that Oklahoma State team is is something serious. So, you yeah. know, they, they find well, a way to get it done. Just because it's low scoring or just because it's a defensive game doesn't mean it's boring either. Like those, we've seen plenty of those games that are exciting. I just think right now, UCLA and Oregon, Oregon's one of the most boring football teams to watch. And, and I'm going to tell you this, the, the ghost of Chip Kelly that, that started that whole run at Oregon is turning over in his damn grave right now. I know Chip Kelly's going to be in the house, but he's got to look across the thing and say, man, what I used to do at that school, what on earth are they doing now? Uh, true, true. But if you look at UCLA, I mean, he has built UCLA completely differently than the way that he built Oregon uh, back in the day. Oregon. That's right. Yeah, it's a yep. it's a whole different ball game. Uh, I got to tell you, I've got a blank here uh, as far as who has the most to gain this weekend. Uh, I, well, I don't, okay, I, don't I got one more exciting game. It's a small oh, game. Go ahead. I think that Fresno, I think that Fresno Nevada game is going to be fun. Oh, I yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. I tend to I agree. I think that game is going to be awesome. Yeah, Fresno, Nevada could be a lot of fun. Uh, that could end up being, you know, a, a Mountain West title shot kind of game. So, so we'll we'll see about yeah, that one. I, I, think so. I am looking at uh, at a lot of points in that game, and you know, Fresno, like they're favored. We're actually going to uh, pick that game here in just a little bit. But Fresno favored by three and a half there. A uh, little tricky with that hook, you know. Little tricky with the hook. So we'll uh, we'll it's see about a that fun one. game. I believe um, most to gain. Is it anybody from these exciting games, or is it maybe somebody else uh, that I'm that I'm no. missing? So I I know this is going to sound. I've got two, and they're both kind of weird. One, Pitt, just in the sense that how long has it been since you beat Clemson? Like I know Clemson's having a down year, but while the big boy is down, you better get your shots in because because they ain't going to be down for long, and and if you don't get them now you might not ever get them. And I think it's important to the program not to necessarily vault you up in a ranking or anything like that. The other one, very similar, Purdue. I know that Wisconsin's not good this year, but Wisconsin has bullied you for a long time. And if, and if you can get a win over a team that's bullied you for a long time, I think those things matter. So in the AP or in the, the, the whatever polls, it won't matter. In the rankings, it won't matter. But I think those two wins are big for those programs if they can pull them off. I do think those are important. I, I do like both of those, big time. Uh, the Purdue situation, I mean, Wisconsin has beaten them 14 straight. Uh, yep. Just for a program builder, for Jeff Brom, uh, that would be massive to get that win. It's, especially it's right very now. important to be able to say, because – Five years from now, nobody's going to say, yeah, but that Wisconsin team sucks. Like, like at, it just, it's important when somebody kicks the shit out of you for a long time for you to finally get them. Yes. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, most who lose this weekend, 
you you may not agree with me here. I'm going to say Iowa State. I, I think Iowa State and Matt Campbell uh, specifically. Because, well, yeah, I was about to say Matt Campbell specifically, right? Yes. Well, one, Iowa State, if they if they have three losses in the first uh, eight weeks of the season, uh, that goes against everything. You haven't even played Oklahoma yet. You know, what in the nope. world is going on? Uh, you haven't played Texas yet. Who knows what can end up happening there? I was just about there. to say, they haven't played Texas either. Yeah, if you come out of the first eight weeks with three losses and you were expected to be a playoff contender, or at least uh, preseason polls projected to be a playoff contender uh that ain't gonna that ain't gonna sell or i guess sit correctly with uh with the fan base while while the fan base may still love you and everything uh people are gonna start asking questions like okay so is this it is this and and maybe they're totally fine with that but on a national perception as far as hype and getting bigger jobs etc uh it may not make that big of a difference because this could be just a kentucky situation where the coach just stays there forever right mark stoops totally content in lexington and well, that's great. I think, and listen, if that's what his life is, he can live an unbelievable life in Ames. I would kill for that life, all right? So, so like, that's not a knock. It just, you did have a lottery ticket in your hand, and and it's gone now. So, yes, yes, if you lose this weekend. And there's a, there's a little bit of a gut feeling for that. Yeah, did you have another one that's, uh, that's most to lose? Um, no, I mean, everything is just like a, they would have to be big upset for for the team to have something to lose to actually lose, and I mean, so I just don't. Maybe maybe we I mean, could every say week Oregon. we could say Cincinnati. Every week we could say, you know, I don't think Oregon has anything to lose because nationally, I don't think anybody expects anything of them. I know they don't have a lot of L's in the column, or you know, losses in the in the win loss column, but but nobody actually thinks they're a good football team right now. True, true, but it, the deal is, if you get to that second loss already, uh, the playoff stuff is completely out of the door and and I do well, I think, think the playoff but that's what I'm saying I think the playoff stuff is already out the door like if they won out right now and even won out impressively I think everybody says it doesn't matter this team's not very good we're not letting them in we're just not you, I, I legitimately think people who have barred the door from the small guys would say Cincinnati get your ass in here we're not we're not putting order in this yeah, yeah, you could be right about that. Oregon uh, sitting at number 10 right now, and the team that they beat already this year, Ohio State, is all the way up at number 5 as far as the AP poll. So, uh, yeah, that I, I, could, I could see where you're coming from. Uh, playoff sleeper, I put Pitt down this week because if you get a win over Clemson, yeah, you start to look at that schedule, and, you know, while, while we may not think super highly of Pitt, I mean, they did lose to Western Michigan. They have turned a corner. This offense is legit. Kenny Pickett... Is he's he's putting up Heisman type numbers? I mean, just at twenty one uh, touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, he's uh, he's about as legit as you can get. And I am I'm just shocked at, at this Pittsburgh team and what Pat Narduzzi has built here. They could certainly find themselves on a bit of a playoff run. I mean, they have killed teams since that Western Michigan loss. Uh, they have been smoking everybody by at least three touchdowns and in, in most cases more. Uh, but if you beat Clemson at home, you got Miami at Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, and Syracuse. And there's nobody on that schedule that, that super scares me right now. So, you know, you, you get through this. Uh, and, and at this point, I don't know that Pitt would even have to play Clemson in the ACC title game. Uh, I mean, they, they would be in the Coastal, but... I, that that would be 
That would be interesting. So you got a you got another playoff sleeper. No, but I also don't think it's fit either. Nobody's going. Nobody's coming out of that conference. They're just, they're just not. I mean, you you are probably right. Um, but you know, if anybody were going to, they would at least have the option uh, or the possibility, right? Uh, Wake is still sitting there undefeated. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, I would take Pitt over Wake today. Like today, tomorrow. Well, yeah, but would you year. take Pitt? Would you take Pitt over NC State right now? I think that one would be a little closer. Um, I would not. I I like Pitt's now, offense. NC State's playing somebody that you beat the hell out of, right? So that we're not having that conversation because that game doesn't matter. I think, if I remember correctly, uh, now they might be playing a good team. Oh, they're playing Miami. Yeah, they're yeah, playing Miami. They're playing so. a team that you beat the hell out of. <laughs> exactly. But that line is only three and a half. Isn't that funny? It's it's weird. It's very strange. If NC State loses this game in Miami, I'm well. We're I'm just done with the curious. ACC. We're just done with the ACC at that point. So yeah. Uh, good gracious. Good gracious. All right. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's get into uh, let's get into Pick'em. Let's go ahead and knock this out. Um, off the radar, Pick'em for week number eight, and we are going to fire this off. We're, we're going to kind of roll through these quickly. Illinois okay. at Penn State. Uh, odds brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Go ahead and sign up. Use the promo code. You can find it down in the description. Uh, Penn State, a 23-point favorite, total of 45.5. Penn State won last year, 56-21. to 21. They have won and covered three straight in this matchup. Uh, Illinois, all the stuff that came out with Brett Bielema and him talking about his players, and there's nobody on the two deep on offensive line that has provided anything to this team, <laughs> which was uh, really entertaining to listen to, but also can lose you a locker room very quickly. They have been playing hard for him. They've, they're not very good, and we all know that, but he... He said it out loud when most coaches would not. And part of that is why we like Brett, and it's also part of the reason why he just now got back into college football, I think. Um, no, no, no. I think I think you can say that if you've got a relationship with those teams. And I think, I think you can't say it to the media if you've never told it to them. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I can, I like, can believe like that. Like, if y'all have talked about this, 
it's not a secret, okay? Like, like if I stepped into a ring with, with, with Dante Wilder, like, I'm going to get my ass kicked. I don't if, – if my trainer went out and was like, he's going to get his ass kicked. Like, everyone would be like, oh, he's going to lose that locker room. Nope, nope. I'm pretty well aware that the other guy's better than me. <laughs> I think these kids know the guys on, on the other side of the field, in almost every game they play, they're better than them. That's the reason they're at Champagne. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean you can't fight hard. That doesn't mean that one out of a thousand you won't win. Uh, it, it just It's just the truth. If he was coming out and saying something that was untrue about his team, then I would have a problem. I got to think he has told them this. I don't think it's going to mess up the locker room at all. Uh, the thing that scares me about this game is, yeah, you and I talked about it, the number of... Um, the number of people that are that are wagering on Penn State here, right? It, there are yep. a lot of people on Illinois. Uh, I looked; more money is coming in on Penn State than than the number of bets that are coming in on Penn State. So I guess that somewhat evens it up. But it does terrify me that the line was moving the opposite direction. But man, I think I'm going to go against it anyway. Um, you know, Brett, like you said, a lot of people taking that the the comments as, eh, probably a little cringeworthy if you don't really understand the full scope of the remarks. It, in that situation, man, I wonder if this team doesn't, like, fight like hell this weekend. And with Sean Clifford out, I cannot trust that Penn State offense. I, I oh, no, yeah. yeah I, Penn State's going to score on defense and special teams, but that, that's – that may I be don't it. know that they're going to move the football much, man, because this offense looks bad without Sean. I will, uh, I will take Illinois plus twenty three, uh, and and not try and trick myself here because I do not trust that Penn State offense un- without Clifford in there. So I'm I'm rolling with the Illini plus twenty three here. What about you? Yeah, yeah, it's too many. It's too many points. I'm 100 percent with you. It's too many points. I don't, I don't like it. No, I'm going to go Penn State. I know it's against everything I got. I, I'm just. Too many people are on Illinois. There's just too many people there. I gotta, I gotta play the odds. Okay, okay, I can, I can get down with it. Uh, which, by I the way, I don't like that. That also might be my next head coach. I don't think that's gonna happen. By the way, yeah, pro- yeah probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I think, I think it's, I think it's now a two horse race. Uh, who, who are the horses? I think it's Lane or it's, it's Mel. Okay, okay, I can get down with this. Um, by I think the way. Woodward's gonna fight like hell to try to get his guy, and if he can't get his guy. I think he's going to be very happy with Mel, but I think that's it. I, that would make sense. Uh, by the way, Chris went seven and five against the spread last week in our pick'em, and I went four and eight. So Chris knocked yeah, out. Yeah, finally got yeah, above water. You certainly did. Uh, on the season, Chris thirty and forty-two. I am thirty-five and thirty-seven, and that number is getting closer and closer uh, every single week. It feels like um, Northwestern at Michigan, another twelve p.m. Eastern time kick, and. Our line here, Michigan minus 23 and a half, total of 51. And, brother, I look at all of these stats and whatnot, and and this looks like it should be. My line on it was 20, Michigan minus 20. So I, I can't figure out for the life of me what why this line would continue going up, especially when there are so many bets coming in on Northwestern. There is a real possibility that Michigan just absolutely beats the dog piss out of Northwestern this weekend. This could be very similar to the Nebraska game, right, where Nebraska beat Northwestern 56-7. to Nebraska-Michigan built very similarly. So I, I'm going to roll with Michigan minus 23.5 here, 
Uh, Northwestern feeling better about themselves after a win over Rutgers last week, but Michigan's a different beast, and I, I will take the Wolverines here. Michigan is absolutely a different beast, and I love the Wolverines. Love them. We, I we, think this Northwestern team is really bad. I think so, like, too. I like, I like watching Rutgers. I don't think they're good. I think they're interesting. Okay, they, I've never seen a team that does not have an offensive philosophy. They literally just run eighty percent of their offense as trick plays. Like I, like it, it's not just we run a bunch of gadget plays. No, their whole offense is gadget. Okay, I, I find that interesting. I don't think it's good. Northwestern is boring and bad. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's not a lot to like about them right now. Um, now, now, and we should have seen this coming, Gary. See, we're too close to this because we love Northwestern and we're friends with those guys. And we're the Westlot guys, and, and we talk to them every day. Like, we're too close to this. Northwestern has never had a first-round pick in the history of that damn school, and they had three last year. Like, what are we talking about? How did we not know that that was going to happen? Yeah. Oh, they had two, yeah. sorry. Yeah, they had two, but yes, they – I'm I'm with you. I think we we thought a lot higher of this team when they had Cam Porter, when they had a uh, couple of the offensive linemen. I mean, they it it's been it's been strange, but also we probably should have seen. All we've been told about is how much depth this offensive line has. Well, guess what? They don't have any depth at all. You no. lose one guy and you fall to shit. No, they they really do not. They they have nothing, uh, and it it pains us to actually say that. So. You know, yeah, it sucks. It sucks, man. Not a not a fan of of that situation, but alas, here we are. So, um, all right, let's move on to the next game here: Cincinnati at Navy, and Navy a twenty eight point home dog. And this is another one of those gigantic lines and whatnot. And people are all over Navy, but brother, uh, this is another situation for me where I am going to ride with Cincinnati minus twenty eight. The Navy team turned around when Ty Lavatai, the quarterback, got put into the starting lineup. When he took over after that bye week, this team flipped and they were actually competitive in games. I think Navy would have covered against Memphis uh, last week had he not gone out of the game. And as soon as he went out, that offense stalled again. Navy was not able to do anything. This Navy team, without him at quarterback, is the Navy team that got beat 49-7 to by Marshall. Cincinnati yep. is going to run this team. Cincinnati number, let's see, da, 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 number five in defensive success uh, on running plays, and they are number four in EPA per rush on defense. Navy is not going to be able to do anything against this team. Nope. Uh, I'm I'm all over Cincinnati minus twenty eight here. Yeah, there's no doubt. Cincinnati's going to they're just going to keep putting up style points. They're going to keep knocking people out in the first quarter just because they got to show the world. Listen, we're not anything to be messed with, okay? You, you better let us in because we're going to keep huffing and puffing and we're going to blow this house down. Yeah. And Navy's, there's nothing Navy can do about it. Navy's good at one thing that's running the football. And Cincinnati's going to take the football and push them backwards. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. I don't think there's a scheme in the world that can save them. I tend to agree. Another 12 p.m. Eastern time game, Kansas State heads to Texas Tech. And this, my friend, is a pick em. Now, I made the line Kansas State minus two, uh, but then I start looking at some of these other advanced metrics and whatnot, and, uh, you know, Parker over at CFB-Graphs.com actually has Texas Tech uh, projected to win this game 39-36. to uh, This one could be interesting, which is why it's a pick em, right? Some people see Kansas State That's as right. the favorite. Some people see Texas Tech. So, really, we're just picking a winner here. Um, 
I while I see all of these advanced metrics and blah 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 blah, Kansas State has played a tougher schedule. Uh, so if you're just looking at raw numbers, then yeah, you could absolutely see Texas Tech. But I think some people have figured out Texas Tech, and while they do have some matchup advantages here, specifically their wide receivers going up against these Kansas State defensive backs, Kansas State got some playmakers too. Skylar Thompson back in the fold, playing well. I'm going to roll with Kansas State on the road. Um, I The thing that scares me, Kansas State number 112 in EPA per pass on defense and Texas Tech number 32 in EPA per pass on offense. Uh, if they are able to throw the football on Kansas State, they can make up points in a hurry. But I, I trust Kansas State to be able to get stops here. So I'm I'm going to ride with Kansas State to be able to get the win. Uh, we'll go head to head here. I, I'll take the Houston. Uh, Houston I, I'll take I'll take uh, uh, Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech's been wildly inconsistent, which is very consistent with this college football season. Uh, but when they're on, they're real good. Nope, yeah, yeah. You're, and so uh, I, I, you're you're right about that. I mean, at Texas Tech, they're they are very volatile. But if you look at their overall numbers, uh, they are number nineteen in offensive uh, uh, EPA margin. And defense is not as bad as Kansas State's defense has shown. Uh, now, Texas Tech hasn't had to play Oklahoma or anything yet. But, um, yeah, this I, I see where you're coming from on this. This is – I, I could see if I, Texas Tech gets rolling, they could absolutely win this game. Yeah, that's, and that's all it is, is. I just think, you know, like I've already said it. I'm yeah, say they're, it. they're at home. When they're, it, when, it they're, when, when, they're, when they're on, they're tough to beat. Yeah, so. especially at home. So, again, it's another one of those games. Uh, Matt Wells needs it. I feel like I'm talking myself into Texas Tech. I'll, I'll stay on Kansas State uh, just so that we can go different here. But, uh, yeah, I, I see I see where you're coming from. Next game up, we have got Syracuse headed to Virginia Tech and the Hokies a three-point favorite. You want to talk about desperation mode and, and a must-win. Uh, this is a 12.30 p.m. Eastern time game on the ACC network. Or, no, no, no. Uh, this is actually like a regional sports network. Like, they have been relegated to only the regional networks here. Uh, Virginia Tech needs a win in the worst way. Total is uh, 46 here. Again, odds brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Uh, brother, if I look at the numbers here, the only thing Syracuse can do is run the ball. Now, they were able to do it against Clemson. But uh, Virginia Tech... They don't really give up a bunch on the ground. Um, so I, I I tend to believe... You know what? I take that back. I've looked at that stat wrong. Uh, Virginia Tech is number 14 in EPA per pass on defense. They're number 100 in EPA per rush. Man. All right. So my line on this was actually Virginia Tech minus four. That's what it opened up at. It's already come down. Man, I put Virginia Tech minus three. Like I, I like I'm gonna take Virginia Tech. I thought, but man, I think I might go Syracuse here. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna switch my pick. <laughs> I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna so, take Syracuse. So let me let me tell you, this is the dead ass game that I don't want anything to do with because <laughs> both of these coaches I like, but neither one of them have done anything impressive at all in a really long time. Like yes. It, I, I just can't get behind any of them at all. Abatek has better players. There's no doubt about it, okay? But I would take Botek. I'm going to take Botek at home. I don't like it. I just – I would stay as far away from this game as possible. Yeah. I, I think neither one of these teams could be trusted. I wouldn't trust them with one nickel, 
Mark. Yeah, if, if you want to see our official plays, go to the BetUS show and go to the SBR show. Uh, Chris's BetUS show, uh, sorry, Chris's SBR show will be on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So uh, go and check those out. Those those will be the official plays. We do pick them off the radar, pick them every week, just to have a little fun so that we can actually talk college football on our own show. Uh, the next game up here, this is uh, this is another one that, that could be really weird. And that would be a 3 p.m. Eastern time game. Wisconsin at Purdue. Purdue, a three-and-a-half point dog. Total of 40-and-a-half. Wisconsin has won 14 straight in this matchup. Purdue, minus two in turnovers. Wisconsin, minus 11 in turnovers. Just ridiculous. Uh, This is interesting. Um, Purdue, overall, like if you're looking at net points per drive overall, Purdue is number 31, Wisconsin number 60, uh, because Wisconsin's offense is awful. They are in the bottom 30. They are number 105 on offense, but they're number 14 on defense. On the other side, Purdue can make some things happen on offense. They're not great, but they're number they're number 64 in net points per drive on offense. They're number 11. They actually have a better efficiency defense than Wisconsin does, which kind of surprised me. But when you see what George Karloftis was able to do against Iowa last week and that defense, I, I, it makes it makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. At three and a half is just too much here. I'm going to take Purdue plus three and a half. The, the world seems to be on Wisconsin this week for some reason. Uh, it's like 75% of the bets on Wisconsin. And I don't get it. I don't get it. I, other than the fact that the trends all say take Wisconsin, uh, this is a different team. So what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a wrong team favor. I, I know it sounds weird to say when you look at the uniforms, but if we took all these guys' uniforms off, and we just measured them and graded them for, for what we've seen them do this year and not what their granddads, granddads did 10 years ago, like, then we would we would absolutely have Purdue be fake. We yeah. Would. yeah, we absolutely would. It, uh, it does not make sense to me, but alas, here we are. 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. This is another weird one. BYU heads to the Palouse against Washington State. Uh, Washington State, a four-and-a-half-point underdog right now. Of course, we talked about Nick Rolovich. They are missing five coaches overall, four assistants, and one head coach, of course. Total of 56-and-a-half. Um, another one that I'm going to stay away from because the, What's the line you got? four-and-a-half right now. Okay. So I, if you look at the advanced metrics, Washington State should actually be favored in this game. They're on a three-game winning streak you got to figure out what the motivation for the team is, right? Are they are they pumped about this? They're going to go out and win one for Rolo, uh, win one for uh, Dickert, the uh, the new interim head coach, or uh, do does this team just kind of fall apart when they don't have their position coaches and their offensive coordinator calling the plays and all that good stuff? I, I the only way that I can go here is BYU minus four and a half. I think BYU needs to get up off the mat. This is the perfect spot to do it against a team that is in disarray. Uh, so I'll take the Cougars minus four and a half here. You're staying away from this game. I am going all in on this game. I think BYU beats the hell out of them. I think BYU is far better football team, far better. I think this team at Wisconsin, uh, at, uh, at Wazoo, um, Washington State was all team, all team. Okay, that everything we know about Rolovich and that style of offense and everything else. It's, it's all coaching and game planning and scheming. None of these guys are highly talented. None of these guys are, are the best in the country at anything that they do. And 
they are a hundred percent a product of the scheming. It's not just you off Rolo. You off Rolo and every assistant coach that matters. That, there's nothing these players are going to be able to do. They're just not. BYU's going to come in. They're going to run it all over them. Yeah. Okay. I can I can buy that. I can buy that. Uh, moving on from there, Western Michigan at Toledo. Toledo, a one and a half point underdog at home, a total of fifty four and a half. Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll go ahead and say this: Toledo under Jason Candle. Uh, great recruiting classes, all that good stuff. They cannot get it done on the field. This Western Michigan offense is absolutely rolling here lately. Uh, not going to spend long on this one. I'm going to take Western Michigan minus the one and a half, even on the road, uh, even with the talent disadvantage. They are the significantly better coach team. Uh, okay, I'm I'm going to do something weird here, but I'm going to take Toledo only because uh, the Mac is insane. And I just don't know anything that's going on there. And so there's no logic that can be had for what's happening at the Mac. True. And uh, so, yeah. No, I'm it just, makes, it makes perfect the home sense. Catch right. to the point because if you paid any attention at all to Max in football, you, you have no clue what's going on. You just don't. So, the, uh, the, the advanced metrics would have this game actually Western Michigan 18 and Toledo 10. Um, I. It's just weird to look at. It's it's so it's so incredibly strange to see this from a team in Toledo that had a bunch of returning production, had it has it has multiple NFL guys on their team, and they cannot seem to get it together. And yet, this will probably be the game where they get it together <laughs> and uh, and cost me a win here. So it it does make sense. I uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's move on. 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Boston College heads to Louisville. Louisville currently a six-point favorite over Boston College. And a week ago, this line may have been a pick'em, but Boston College looked so bad against NC State, they got power rated so low uh, that they just, I mean, they kind of fell out of this one. Uh, total of 57 here, Boston College with Dennis Grossell is not great on offense. They're just not. And once people got film on him and they, they figured out what he could do, uh, they were able to shut him down. I don't know that Louisville's defense has that capability. So I expect Boston College to be able to make some plays to stay in this game. I don't know that they can win outright at Louisville, but I think Boston College can stay within this number, within six. So I'll, I'll take BC plus the six here. So I'll go Louisville. I'll lay the points. I don't like betting against BC with, with that many points, but... Um, I think Louisville's starting to find themselves. I think they play really, really well at home. And uh, Satterfield's kind of got that team believing. Uh, I, I think Louisville's going to be excited. Is this weekend the weekend they're they're doing Lamar Jackson's jersey? Or is that later in the year? Uh, that might be this weekend. Yeah, so, I think, so I think that you're crowd's right. going to be full then. I mean, they'll sell that place. If it's this weekend, whatever game that is, they're going to sell it out. So that, that that that's an extra couple thousand people in the stands that are, that are going to be you know sighting crazy and wild for the game. Um, so I, I just I, I think Satterfield has them rolling. I think Cunningham's one of the best players in the country. Love watching him, and uh, and yeah, I, I'll take them. You know what? I bet it's not this weekend because the Ravens have a home game against the Bengals 
Um, oh, then there's no there's no chance yeah. this weekend if the Ravens play on Saturday. I, I bet Sunday. it's I bet it's a bye week. Whenever whenever the Ravens have the bye week, yeah. is but either way, that's right. Louisville fans are are bought a little bit back into this season because they have been playing well as of late. So, uh, so yeah, I, but that, that's that's not going to account for a sellout though. No, 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 definitely not. But it it could it could mean a cover for you. So uh, next game on the board, we're moving to the night slate here, and our first one up for the nightcap. Uh, which weird schedule this week? All of the games are done. Like the last game kicks off at seven thirty Eastern time. Uh, there's the the Hawaii game, but either way, uh, Nevada at Fresno State, seven p.m. Eastern time. Fresno, a three and a half point favorite. We already talked about it a little bit in the preview. Total of sixty three and a half. Uh, remind everybody again, BetUS, where the game begins. They provide the lines every week. So go ahead and sign up for them. There's a link in the description. Uh, you can use that promo code. Get a hundred twenty five percent deposit bonus. You uh, Nevada is a three-and-a-half-point dog here, and my numbers actually had Nevada as a one-point favorite. When you dive into it a little more, uh, Fresno, like, Jake Hayner and Carson Strong are basically the exact same person. Like, they, the, the numbers are almost identical. It's, it's really crazy to look at. Um, the thing that worries me is Fresno has a better defense than Nevada does, Right. I yep. I came into this thinking, uh, this is easy, this is wrong team favored, and it's really not. The The Nevada offense is not as... The Nevada offense is not as good as the Fresno defense, which is maybe a, a bit surprising. Um, it, with that said, I still trust in, in having Carson Strong, who I think, I think is the better quarterback. He doesn't have the flash highlights and everything, but overall, just a better quarterback. I trust Carson Strong here. I think that he can cover that three and a half. This feels like a field goal game one way or the other, uh, so I'm going to count on the hook to save me, uh, but I can 100% see Nevada winning this game outright, so I, I will take the Wolfpack plus three and a half here. I'll take the home team. I'll take the home team. I like Fresno. I do think Fresno's better than them. I think Fresno is a better football team overall. I think they're more complete, defensive, offensive, and uh, and, and so I'll, I'll take my chances. I don't like the hook. I do think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a super fun game. I'm excited about it, and give me the Bulldogs. Yeah, I can I can see it. All right, we got two more. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. UTSA going on the road where we say weird things happen all the time, and that would be at Louisiana Tech. Ruston, Louisiana. Strange things happen on Saturday nights in Ruston. And Louisiana Tech, a seven-point home dog here. Total of 59.5. And, and this is another one of those situations where I, while while some teams may end up running into problems with Louisiana Tech in Ruston, we saw it with SMU. We have seen it with a bunch of other teams uh, throughout this season. I, I tend to trust a team that does not rely on anything gimmicky or anything like that. UTSA is just a strong-ass football team, and they've got all of the hype about going to the American Athletic Conference this week. They are going to be pumped to go out and get a win and continue that winning streak. They finally got ranked in the top 25. Uh, I think the the momentum will continue with UTSA, with Sincere McCormick, all that. at Just basic number overall. EPA, play, or EPA per play margin. UTSA number 16 in the country, and Louisiana Tech number 97. The more consistent team is UTSA. I'm going to take them to cover the seven. My line on it was actually nine. Uh, 
I think there's value here with it being only a touchdown. So all of that's right. I, I actually think I actually think there's a little bit of snake bite going on when you get teams that have never been ranked in the top 25 or something like that, and they get ranked. That I don't know that this is historical data on this, but I think that following week they don't play great. Like, uh, and maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe maybe I just made that up. Maybe I just think that's a thing, and and, and it's all fictional. Um, but I, give me give me La Tech and the point, and just okay. hope that it, it's a close game. I'm with you. I can see where you're coming from. It all makes perfect logical sense. Last game on the board. Before we go ahead and, and climb out of here, uh, we have got 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, NC State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Miami, total of 53. Miami, of course, went through all kinds of different mess uh, leading up to last week. Derek King out for the year. They got multiple guys out for the year. They are kind of moving into their youth movement. Manny Diaz looked madder than hell when they lost to North Carolina last week. Uh he that was one of the most uh, cringeworthy moments I've ever seen with Mac Brown laughing and whatnot, and Manny just being completely pissed, and Mac wouldn't let go of his arm. It was really strange. Uh, but this is Miami's a a mad football team. Um, maybe they're tired of being embarrassed. I don't know, but I, I will tell you this: uh, to this point, NC State maybe outside of Alabama, this will be the best defense that that Miami has played. And I think it shows up on the box score. I think NC State covers this three and a half. I don't trust Miami as far as I could throw them. So I, I will certainly, certainly take NC State to cover the three and a half here. Okay. We agree on that. Before we get there, before I, before, I don't have anything else to say on the game. We agree. I like NC State. I think they're awesome. Do you think NC State's defense is better than Michigan State's defense? I just got to ask that question. I think... Right and now, maybe they right, are. Maybe right, maybe all the analytics say that, and 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 I think they're comparable. I think they're in the same conversation. I don't know that I would have definitively said that, but but I don't know the data. I don't know the analytics, so I don't know. I think right now, uh, yes, they are absolutely because uh, I will say this. I think NC State at the beginning of the season was was really good on defense, and then they lost two of their best defenders, and they have over the last few weeks found a way to to be even better on defense. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm all in on this. I mean they are they are okay. really, really good. Well I've been saying I think they're the best team that comes. So. Yeah. Now they're they're number nine in defensive success rate allowed. Like it's it's pretty insane. Like their offense is not as far as numbers go, offense not great, but I do trust Tim Beck uh and, and Devin Leary to be able to put up points here. So I, I do think that NC State is currently a better defense than than what they faced in Michigan State. Okay. I was just curious about that. So, okay. We can talk about something else. <laughs> All right. So, you're agreeing NC State, right? Yeah. All right. No doubt. Yeah, there's there's not a single number on the board that, that could give you Miami. There's not somebody. a lot you could ever give me to make me want to bet on, on uh, Miami right now. I tend to agree. I tend I don't, to I don't agree. know. Like, they would literally have to be like, I don't know, a field goal game against Utah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Is there anything else that uh, that you want to hit, or do you want me to uh, let you go and I'll end the show? No, man. That's it, brother. I appreciate it. Have fun. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Talk to you later, buddy. All right. So that is going to wrap up the Friday edition of the show. We appreciate everybody that joined us. 
Let me go ahead and give you the rundown again. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website to go ahead and check it out. Uh, along with that, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. You can sign up using the promo code NCAAF2021. Get you a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. And my friends, I can't stress this enough. It is sportsbook exclusive, and it's a hell of a deal. You need to go take advantage of it. There's a link in the description. You just hit that link. It's going to toss the promo code in there for you on sign up. Very easy to do. So go check it out. Check out Chris's SBR show Saturday morning. Check out my BetUS show on Wednesdays and Thursdays. You can go watch the archived version of it, of course, over on the channel. But subscribe to both. Make sure that you can join us live because we have one hell of a time doing it. We certainly appreciate everybody that has been here with us today, of course. Uh, share the show out, tell your friends, and jump into the comments, of course, and make sure and like the video. That helps us out quite a bit. We are ever so closer to our goal of 5,000 subscribers by the end of football season. Uh, we're almost to 4,700. So if you can do us a favor, make sure you are subscribed if you're watching this and you're not already. We still have like 70% of our viewers that are unsubscribed. So if you're watching this and you have not subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button for us. It helps us out in ways that you would not even believe. With that said, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.